Welcome back. It is episode 537,000. I don't know which one. <laughs> 116. Yes. Um, I also, like, I, I know what day it is because we record on the same day, but I, like, whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. We don't know what day it is in real life. So <laughs> like, I was actually, I was looking at an episode that we had written for a guest who we rescheduled, uh, Amber. And I was like, just like, you know, looking through, cause I was like, oh, let me see if there's any tweaks. Like there's only just like a month between rescheduling. but I just wanted to make sure it was like up to date. And in it, I, one of the questions I wrote was, so 2019 was a lot. And then I was like, well, I need to rewrite that because it's <laughs> nothing compared to this year and it's only March. So 2020 said, hold my beer. Yeah, because I wrote it like in January and I was like, you know, just like batch writing some stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, let's talk about how 2019 was a lot and like what goals we have for this year. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to need to rewrite that that part of the episode because. All right. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, So when we last recorded, it was like two weeks ago. I was getting ready to go on a trip that I obviously did not go on. Um, mm-hmm. We. As like I think I think I mentioned on here that we had a, a cruise scheduled for um for April and it was like one of John's birthday presents with his like best friend who they're both turning forty this year or John already turned forty now um and I had already told like the other people on the cruise because it's like a group of us going I was like hey guys like um I don't think we're gonna go on this and this is like a few weeks ago right and everyone was like probably like a month ago and everyone was like uh no like it's gonna be fine like you know relax and I'm always like <laughs> it's I'm, not fine <laughs> yeah I'm always that one that's like hey guys let's not do this like I was always that like kid you know what I mean that's like guys this is wrong we're breaking the rules so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna not say anything and it's I know it's gonna get canceled like we're not going on that cruise so it's fine um and the cruise isn't until like April 17th but obviously it's canceled right um the narrator said right yeah so i just was like i'm not gonna even push it because everyone's acting like i'm the one who's silly but i knew what was coming i will say that i did like think that it was possibly going to be coming a little bit later like i thought we'd be looking i thought right now would be like a week from now or like early april or whatever and so, I mean, we had like the the trip scheduled, but it was going to be a car trip. So it was kind of like, well, we knew we could cancel last minute if we needed to, which obviously we ended up doing. Um, so we canceled and we spent spring break. Like I went shopping on his last day that he worked and I did like my massive shopping. I did a massive shopping for my mom. So she would have no excuse to go anywhere. And then we've pretty much stayed home since then, minus when we went to go pick up our new baby because we have a dog now. Um, so we adopted a dog. That was my birthday present to John because I was like, okay, we're canceling both these trips. And like, we're very much experience based people. So like those were his gifts. And like, since we were going to Baltimore, I was going to take him to like the Ravens play thing. I don't know how, I don't know about football guys. Don't read me for filth, but wherever the Ravens play, whatever that is, I was going to be like, go there and buy everything you want. That's like Ravens gear. Um, and then when we were on the cruise, like it was going to be like, you know, buy stuff in different countries, whatever. Um, so that was going to be like his gift. Cause we like experience based gifts and Obviously, we didn't get to do any of that, so I surprised him with a dog, and so we've just spent this spring break, like, the last two weeks just, like, taking care of our dog and just trying to not go crazy, basically. Just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. trying to survive and not let anxiety, like, you know, completely take over. I, and I, I've had yeah. anxiety, like, dreams about, like, going to the grocery store, which I don't need to do. I have so much stuff. But, like, I'm just so afraid of when I'll have to do it that, like, I dream mm-hmm. about it. 
you know? I had to last Friday because we don't hoard things. Like, we just don't. It's not. Did you go to Publix? Um, no, 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 no. I went to Target. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> There was a line. I got there when they opened and there was a line and everybody kept six feet um, distance. Like the shopping experience was great as far That's as it could good. have been, but there's still so much anxiety and then people were crying. And I don't wow. like, um, I don't, there's been this clip going around of Lonnie Love on the reel and it cuts to Amanda Seals and Amanda Seals face when she's crying. That That's how I react when people cry in public. When well, I like, don't what, like what were they crying about? Mental, like just having break. Like this lady was crying because she had a mask and she felt like everybody was looking at her and nobody was. Like it was totally irrational, which is it's no. I mean, now it's not irrational; it's rational. But it it was her mind, yeah. And so it was that. And then there was like an older couple, and so you know, making sure that they went first and not having, and they didn't like it. And then somebody was like, "Well, nobody, nobody smiles at me, and it's real sad." And and just and I heard this last night too in another um, call and everything. So. I don't want to go back out to the grocery store. Yeah. I think I'm just going to order everything that we need when we need it. But we're well, pretty good. Yeah. That's, that. I mean, essentially what I did, I went like the, so that was like Thursday the 12th. I went to Target and did like a run for just like, we go to Target once a month anyways, because it's not like that close to us. And I'm like, I'm a Trader Joe shopper like through and through. So I normally do like Target once a month. And I do the Millennia Target because, like, that's like my how target. you said Target is not close to us. I go to Target like twice. I, I don't. <laughs> I, go, like, I don't know what that I'm Target is. I don't, I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't know that Target all the time. I don't know that. I don't know that Target. I don't know her. I don't know either Target by us. I, but this is Target that I attend <laughs> in Millennia <laughs> is far, <laughs> and that's my Target. No matter where I live in Orlando, which has been, <laughs> I've lived all over Central Florida, and that's my Target. So. My target is far. So yes, that one so, is far. Yeah. So I go, I mean, it's not like crazy far, but you know, like it's, it's closer to John's work. So it's like easy to get to from there. And um, like, so we, we usually do that like once, cause you know, like just to get like really like cleaning supplies, like toilet paper, yeah. like things like that. And that's that. And then everything else I get from Trader Joe's and we norm, I normally go weekly. I normally go like on Monday mornings because it's like perfect, you know, since I can do that on Monday mornings, it's normally not a lot of people. And then if I have to go like during the week, if I'm making something specific, I can always, you know, do another like run out there. Like, um, cause I'm normally in that area in the Dr. Phillips area anyways. So it's like very convenient. Um, but I was like, well, I'm just going to get like a lot of frozen foods. I'll get fresh stuff too. So that like, we'll, we'll eat that first and then run out of that. And then we normally do like, we have a, an Asian supermarket, like grocery store that we go to about, um, once a month because it's, that is actually far. It's over yeah. mills. Um, and so we go there like once a month, maybe twice a month, depending on how quickly I go through kimchi. Cause I can go through kimchi, like no one's business, but we went there and we bought like gallons of kimchi like it was like because I was like I'm not coming back out because essentially like number one I'm I am seeing my mom even though she's not quarantining with us she's quarantining at home but she's only allowed to come to our house and like her house and we're only going like you know to her house so I don't want to get her sick that's a big concern she's only 59 but like you know you just don't know like how this thing is gonna work and then also like my best friend Anna her dad is like 90 uh he turned he just turning 90 like next month um and he has had a lot of health issues and so eventually i will see them we're both quarantining separately but like i'm i'm really only gonna go to like my mom's 
and their house and that's it. Like I'm not going to see anybody else. Um, but we're waiting until we're done with our 14 days and they're done with theirs before we like see each other. Um, but it's like, I don't want to go to their house and leave some, you know, leave, like if I had it, leave traces of it and then basically like kill Anna's dad. Cause he is literally 90 years old. Um, so yeah, so it's like, I'm trying to be like, <laughs> well, <laughs> And it's so funny because like we, Anna and I, it's not funny, but Anna and I joked like, um, you know, like two months ago and we were talking about this and whatever. And she was like, oh man, like if it gets bad here, like, you know, I know it'll take him out. And she was like joking and she was like, you know, at this point I think a cold would take him out. And it's like, now like it's so serious. It's like, oh my God, like I, I it's just crazy that we're like living in a world right now where this is happening here because it is like he's just so like, he's not touch and go. Cause he's fine at the moment, you know, but it's just like, he's so old that you just don't know, you yeah. know, like, so, and then uh, I, I have a friend with lupus too. So like, that's real stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So safety wise, stay home. Um, yeah. It's yeah, just like, stay cool. home. It's just, it's so much easier. Like I usually like, you know, you just don't know where you're going to get it and where you could pick it up. Just stay home. It's easier. Stay home. It doesn't matter. Just stay home. Like I don't even think at this point, it's about having an autoimmune disease or having or being old. It, like it, it's no, literally I, like, taking anybody out. So many people are getting it that are much younger and don't yeah, have so. any underlying like health concerns and people are still dying. Yeah. So stay home. Yeah. If you have to go out um, again, just go out for supplies or if you absolutely need to see someone. But I, I just, I see so many, like I had some people try to like get together last week and I was like, oh yeah. Hey, I couldn't because I'm busy. Like I'm, I'm the same as always sitting yeah. at this desk that I just set up like last week. Um, out of necessity, I I can't do anything anyway. Like I'm 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 working, but on top of that, I don't think it's a good idea. No, <laughs> the other thing. So we've been, uh, you know, social distancing as per usual. I've had a lot of calls. So we've had a lot of consultations to talk people through switching to remote. Um, school is going remote for at what it seems like the rest of the school year there won't be tiny people graduation there's not proms there's nothing you know all the events are canceled so uh yeah i'm just i'm not i live like this (laughs) when i don't have to go anywhere anyway so it's not very difficult for me personally to be inside and i know um i like we're gonna talk about later in the interview about how we're infjs and um for me i'm not i'm a social infj but i don't I like the people I like, and it's not hard for me to get in touch with them when I want to. I don't, so this doesn't stress me out in a social way. And I know a lot of people have had anxiety for because of this, and I understand. Like I can get it. There's some people I know personally who are very who are the extroverts or just you know pacing at the bits. But I think it's important to listen to your body and what you need, and not really. Mm-hmm. As I say, recording a podcast, taking so much of other people's experiences for yourself because you're this is something everyone's experiencing on their own time and in their own space. And so you really need to listen to your body and what is happening to you per se. So uh, that is what I would recommend for being safe right now. And, and that's what I'm doing is really looking at our needs. We're really not going out. Um, we've done some bike rides and that's probably about it. And I try to do it at a low Time, like a time where there's not everybody out because everybody's yeah. crazy now the trails and everything are crazy so i've been they trying sure to are so like 
I obviously were taking like um, the dog out, which has been good because like it gets us out of the house. And like she's on a medication right now because she has um, basically like a cold, like a little like sinus infection, nothing crazy. But she has to be on a medication for two weeks and it makes her thirstier. So we're like going out more than we normally would. And so we're taking her out like five times a day. But like it's so easy because it's like right here. We have green space. right? Like we're not going mm-hmm. on a long walk each time. But the other day we're like, you know what? Let's go on a walk. We'll go on, you know, one of the trails in celebration. So in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not going to go to downtown because there's still going to be, be crazy. Right. Yeah. We're still going to be like people like that are trying to go out. And like some of these businesses might be, um, you know, takeout or whatever. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. I was like, we'll go to a trail and we'll be more secluded. So the beginning of the trail, there was like no one. And then as we we're going on, there were like so many people. And like, I, we were with my mom. And so every time people would come, uh, like me being me, I make everybody like step off to the trail or get to the side if we're on like the elevated, you know, platforms. And I'm like, you know, all of us get extremely to the side and then turn our faces away and whatever. Like, I'm so like, you know, just being like a lot, but also like, I think you need to be, but other people that were walking by, like, I didn't feel like they were really giving us like the space we needed. And so we were like, yeah, we're not doing that again because that was really stressful. Like there were way more people out than I thought there would be. Mm -hmm. And people were way more relaxed. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, and again, because it was like a, the way that the trails work, you can kind of hear people coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Well, we heard a kid coughing. Nope. And nope. girl, I swear to you, like he caught, like he was coughing before we could see him. He was coughing like when he was passing the park that we were at oh, and he was coughing no. after. No. And like we, like no. luckily we were in a place during that time where it was like sidewalks. So we were able to fully step completely off of the trail and like get in basically into the, I was like, go to the woods, retreat to the woods because like, I like, why would you take, and he's with a whole family and there was probably like five or six of them. And I'm just like, why, I, again, it could be nothing, but it could be very much something. So like, why would you risk that? I don't know. Oh, man. It's, you know, it's a time where you have to trust people, which like I'm not always the best with because like I love people, but people don't always make the best decisions and I'm not going to trust my like personal health and safety to like random people that I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I'm all about us coming together and doing positive things, blah, blah, blah over the internet. I'm all about that. But like, I'm not going to like get too close to somebody and assume that they're doing what they need to be doing. And then I go and see my best friend. And then because of that, I killed her dad. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do it. So I'm just staying away from everybody. I'm staying in my house. Like I'm doing minimal delivery. Like again, right now I don't really need anything because I've kind of stocked up on frozen stuff. And we pretty much like, we kind of stay stocked up on staples. We eat a lot of rice and veggies, like, cause that's just what we like to eat. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, John's a pescatarian. I'm like a like borderline vegan, but I call myself a vegetarian. Um, so it's like, that's a lot of what we eat anyways, is just like rice and veggies and that sort of thing. So it's, it's not a huge like stretch for us, like food wise. And rice is something that like, why would you, you, you always buy it in bulk anyways, like, you know? Um, so yeah, but it is, it's, I don't mind being inside. I don't mind being like isolated from people. It's just, I miss hugging people. That's it. (laughs) If you do have to go out, what we, what I did Friday and what I've seen nurses and people who I know who work in the medical field do is kind of set up a decontamination station. That's our garage. So I had an extra like clothes there. And luckily my laundry room was in our garage. So I could, I just took everything off that I had on, desanitized, sprayed everything down, wiped everything down, took things out of cardboard that need to be taken out. Um, 
And it sounds like a lot, but literally, like, you don't know how it spreads and this virus can live on things. And nobody coughed in Target. Nobody looked sick or anything or where I was going, but it was just important to me. So if you are like I am and you would like a little, like, you don't, you need to go out and you're not sure what to do to, to make yourself safer, before you bring things into your house, try to figure out how you can just decontaminate yourself. That's, that's my, uh, my other tip. For those yeah. who have to go outside. Um, so work-wise, we are still, like I said, I'm still working. Mm-hmm. I know you have some limitations because Disney is, it's not open. So. <laughs> yeah. So like for photography, I'm not working, which like, so, you know, I do a few weddings out at Disney every month. And then I do like a few family portraits every month. Um like, again, I think I've talked about it on here. It's not something I even, like, really advertise for anymore because it's, like, not where I want the bulk of my work to be coming from. So that's kind of, like, a lucky thing right now where it's, like, it's, like, well, that's fine. Um, so I still have, like, some social media clients I'm working with. I'm still working with some influencers. I still have um, some branding projects that I'm working on. So luckily, like, my work is very diversified. So I'm fine. Um, and it's also, like, I've really been wanting to – pivot away from photography like as I've said a million times on here so I'm like I'm not yeah this I'm was not like a hard hard pivot. yeah it's like a hard stop like I'm like well I'm not really too upset about it I mean for me like we just bought a car so in my mind I was like oh like yeah like I guess I'll keep doing these Disney weddings because it's just like guaranteed kind of like for me easy money to be quite honest because it's like very controlled events you know, like that everything is just going to be like done the way it needs to be done. Um, and so you just go in and like you do what you do and, and you know, it's not a lot of work to me, but it's just cause I've been doing it for like a million years, but I've also been like wanting to pivot. So like now, like the time that I would spend editing, like I don't have to spend editing now and I can kind of do some of the other things that I've been wanting to work on. So I'm certainly not mad about that. Um, but it's also kind of weird because it's like, So I was going to re like I had shut the shop down for a few weeks to kind of like work on a few things that I wanted to launch. And now I'm kind of like, I feel weird about it because it's just like, I I don't, I don't know if I should be like adding to what people need to like deliver and stuff right now. I don't know. I'm still trying to sort that out. And I'm not saying that somebody is like wrong if they are, because if that's like your main livelihood and you need to like, you know, continue going with that, then like do you for sure. But I'm just like, I just don't know like that right now I need to do that. I don't know. So I'm trying to figure out all of that. And like, you know, if I want to maybe just start kind of sharing some of the stuff that I'm going to launch and then like launch it after this is over, I'm not really sure. So yeah, I'm kind of figuring that out. And I might talk to a few people that own small shops to kind of see like what they're doing and like what best practices are in this sort of situation. That's kind of the problem is that everything is kind of like a free for all. And we're still just learning how to like, you know, do our day to day like life stuff in this whole situation. So it's kind of hard, like when you're running a specific type of business, you're not really getting um, the protocol or the information from the government that's like, hey, here's what we would prefer for you to do. Um, So it's just kind of like people trying to figure it out, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Um, But yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely happy to have like a little bit more forced downtime in my schedule to kind of work on some, you know, personal stuff and work on some, some shop stuff. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely some things that people, if you aren't sure in your industry or what to do, if you're like out of physical work or something that you can think about, um, 
there are a lot of people hiring for social media management right now. It is yeah. insane. Medical centers specifically are hiring. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So please yeah. look at that. Um, look people I know in social media stuff. who are who work for like hospitals and in healthcare are super busy right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's really yeah. And the thing is, is like because we're so online right now. Like that's the thing is like even though like my like my physical like where I go out and like take photos like that has like I can't do that right now which I'm like that's fine it's there's so many more like I was like are people gonna want to open businesses but the answer is like yes like people are like coming to me people who have talked to you know influencers or bloggers or creators makers whatever who I've talked to in the past who they've been like, oh, I have this thing and it's like a side project, blah, blah, blah. Maybe one day I'll make it into something else. And if I do, I'll give you a call. I'm getting those calls now because people are like, they're realizing like, wow, my job didn't have a good plan for me and they've screwed me Mm -hmm. over. And what, you know, whatever. I've seen a lot of different situations, everything from a girl I know who is a makeup artist at a um, a department store. I'm not going to say where, cause I, she, I think she's still working there and I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, but anyway, she's at a department store and they have not closed there and they are in Orlando and they have said when they do close, if they have to close that, that they will loan them out to Walmart, which I'm like, how is that even legal or a thing? Um, so at this point, like she's still having to go to work and she's thinking she's going to be like having to work indefinitely because they won't give her like any pay if she stays right. home and they're like, no, you just have to go work at Walmart. So like we had talked about, you know, maybe like the end of the year starting to work. Like we had a meeting a few weeks ago and talked about maybe towards the end of the year, she'd start getting more serious about like her side hustle. And now she's like, oh no, we're, we're going to do this now. Like this is happening. So a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, my business or, or like my job rather my job like wasn't looking out for me the way that I thought that they would and you know I'm ready to like kind of do my own thing so it is kind of like making a lot of people uh want to take that like jump in that leap of faith because it's like you know it's kind of like bet on myself rather than bet on a company that isn't serving me and helping me so I completely get that yeah, yeah there's a lot of people online there's like an unprecedented amount like we're all just sitting at home a lot of people so it's like what else can you do you go on you on the computer you know yeah, for sure. So e-commerce is a big space. If you are an e-commerce developer, e-commerce consultant, reach out to people who have physical businesses and talk to them about maybe transitioning them to an e-commerce space. Mm-hmm. That is very much needed right now. Um, digital products, as always, are easy to do. So if you're a designer and you can make design resources, now's the time because there are a lot of people who are about to dip their toes into that space. And so photographers as well, people who want to do like, in at home portraits or things like that. This is a time to sell your, you know, Photoshop action, mm-hmm. Photoshop actions and all those, your filters and all those things. So get all your resources that you've ever used, put those on creative market because everybody's at home trying to learn a new skill. Yep. Sell those things that you've been using for years that you don't need and yeah. makes a passive income that way. Um, because we don't, we can't rely on what's happening with the government when they don't, agree with each other <laughs> like right? they just came into agreement last night at 2 a.m and who knows how long that is going to take or how that impacts people because it does impact everyone differently depending on your situation so you should always be trying to just build something for yourself or figure out how you can help someone else build something for themselves especially family-owned businesses little family-owned grocery stores i understand that they're very much impacted by this or family-owned restaurants how can you pivot 
past this moment or what can you be doing now to help your family or yourself get past this point? Being a consultant, if you've worked with companies, you work Fortune 500 companies, they are not hiring right now, they're shutting off all their contracts, reach out to those small people, reach out to those mom and pops and say, hey, I can talk to you and come in for a, a lesser rate, but it's better than nothing. And I think a lot of people Absolutely. aren't looking at some money is better than zero. Absolutely. I understand it's not as much money as you had, but I think like right now, Aldi's hiring for like $13 an hour. If you don't have any other options, I'm going to risk it and get that $13 an hour because I cannot rely on the government to do something for me. If I'm yeah. in a situation, I don't live with anybody that can be compromised or, you know what I mean? Like if I live alone and my only income was shut off, I can't hope that somebody looks out for me. I need to figure out what I can do to pivot. So look at those things. Grubhub is looking to hire 100,000 drivers right now. I don't know how. I don't know why. Look into it. Um, Amazon is hiring like crazy. Yeah. Like your local Publix is hiring. I have a friend that she left Gaylord. She was a like, I don't know. She was like a sous chef or I know she made fancy patisserie stuff and it looked delicious. And she was working at Gaylord for years and she just moved to a new hotel and was on the opening team of a hotel. And before they got to open, like they were doing their two week prep before opening and this hit and they just can't, they can't pay them. They're like, we're not open yet, whatever. So she actually ended up getting a job, I think at Publix. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, again, it's just one of those kind of like you have to do what, and she, you know, she lives alone and stuff. And so it's like one of those, like you have to do what you have to do in the moment type thing, but definitely like grocery stores and delivery stuff is certainly hiring at the moment for sure. Yeah. And some of the Amazon, a lot of the Amazon positions are for customers service positions at home so if you are not able again to be to a delivery out. person or go out and work in the warehouse please reach out to those customer service positions i'm sure there are some other industries that have customer service positions hiring right now yeah especially in this time where they can't you can't physically go into their stores or their offices to ask questions so and think about your job and think about like how can i pivot like what i already do so like if i was like let's say that i you know never got into like 800 million different things and i was still doing photography like full-time at this point i would say okay how can i pivot so like obviously like i've seen a lot of photographers doing the thing where they're going around neighborhoods and like photographing families on their front porch that's such a like if you live in a neighborhood that has like 200 houses like you can offer just like something like cheap like you know ten dollars yeah like i was gonna say like 20 to 50 but even 10 yeah a few like a few shots per you know like you're not gonna obviously be going in and like um being able to like handle people the way that you normally would depose them so you know you're just doing a few shots for each place and that's you have nothing else going on like that's so the editing isn't going to be like forever and that's like a quick way to make money and to just connect with all those people and they're going to remember like wow you really like just created like a fun moment for us when we were Mm -hmm. in this like desperate and terrible time and like guess who they're going to book for their holiday sessions like you're going to be like you know having to turn down holiday sessions and another thing would be like you know, reach out to local brands that are like suffering right now and being like, Hey, I have some discounted packages for photographing your product. If you can send me your product, obviously I would still make sure that like at the door you're like sanitizing and doing all the things you need to do before you bring anything into your home. But, um, yeah, you could go ahead and like photograph those products. And if you're not in that market, that'd be even a fun way to like break into that market. And if you've already done work in that market before, then it's just like, you know, that's just extra work that you're getting, uh, to do in in there. So kind of look, at like what you already do and how can you pivot that and still like make money during this time 
Yeah. So we won't go too long. This will be an ongoing series. I feel like every, every yeah, week I, I, it's, gonna interview it's something that like, it's like part of me wants to be like, oh, I want this to be like a fun escape. But at the same time, like we've always from day one, like, I feel like I can't remember it was a very early episode in where I pretty much just like came in and had like a panic attack and like spilled everything about my anxiety and my anxiety disorder. And from then, it's just like we've been very like real about stuff. So I feel like we would be doing a disservice and like not being like true to like what's really going on to not come and talk about this every week. So we probably are going to touch on it every week and then still hopefully give you some upbeat, happy stuff, especially like in the interviews and stuff. Yes. So our interview is amazing. We do talk about just, I don't know if people are avoiding this topic and they wanted to like skip forward to the interview. Like I'll put some timestamps in. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about COVID just so you can. And I think that I hope that we'll never talk about it. Like, I don't think we'll ever talk about it in a way that's like super panicky. You know what I mean? Like I think we kind of keep each other like, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to give you like strategies and stuff and not like just like panic or like misinformation basically um stay safe and enjoy the interview hey guys uh i'm really really excited about today's interview this one is a long time in the making um this today we're like interviewing my friend connie from new york who i literally have never met in person because we always pass each other in the sky like i'm not even kidding for every holiday like i'll text her and i'll be like oh my god like where are you and she's like i'm in the sky and i'm like i'm in the sky and she comes to orlando and i go to new york so i'm really excited to have her on today she kind of does a million things so connie welcome we're excited to have you you're a writer an editor you host a podcast yourself so you're very used to this setup um you do a, a lot of different things so tell us a little bit about what you do and what you love about it uh i do do a lot of things when you put it like that i'm just like oh wow it's it's very varied um yeah i am a it's still weird like even like four years later to be like i'm a full-time writer like i was yeah. it took me so long to get to that point um, that it's still still a little weird for me to say that, but I work for a educational children's magazine in New York, um, so that's my day job. And then sometimes I write things on the side. Uh, it depends on how lazy I am and how uh, <laughs> how my pitches are going. I hate pitching things, so I don't do it as much as I probably should or could. But um, uh, and then I write and edit things for Black Girls Create. Um, so we have a few series that I help edit uh, Critical Companion and sometimes our Hogwarts BSU, which is like fan fiction, our fan fiction project. Um, I host a podcast called Time and Relative Blackness in Space. It's a Doctor Who podcast uh, that I do under Black Girls Create. Um, and yeah, that's a, those are, that's a, a smidgen. Of, I guess and I got to say, like... Anybody that like has been listening to our podcast for a while and like knows me well is like, yeah, I see why you like this girl. Cause it's like <laughs> Harry Potter, Doctor Who, like these are all like my, this yeah. Is my area. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know Connie, but the moment she started saying all these things, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. And like, and Wilka, they do this like HBU. I don't know if you've seen it cause it's gone viral like a lot of times, but it's like an HBU Hogwarts thing and it's freaking hilarious like even for people that are like casual fans because it's literally like what if Hogwarts was an HBU and what would that look like and so they'll like recast like you know a lot of the like main characters and they'll talk about like different things that would happen like on campus and stuff so it literally goes viral like yearly it's so freaking hilarious in February we do um 
we do Black Wizard History Month. Um, and so we, uh, you know, celebrate all the Black characters in Harry Potter and then make up a bunch because there are <laughs> only like five um, exclusively <laughs> Black characters in Harry Potter. Um, and then we make up a bunch and uh, we focus on characters in canon. So Blaze, uh, Zabini, and Dean Thomas, and Hermione Granger, obviously. Um, yes. <laughs> she's Black. We can't take it back now. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we kind of just open up the space for Black Potterheads to like be excited and like see themselves in this world and kind of take it over for a month slash more because we publish things year round usually. Um, but yeah, we have a project called Hogwarts BSU. And it, at first it was just the idea of like writing fan fiction starring the Black characters, whether you make them up or the canon characters um or we like steal some that uh are unraced in the series and then we're like they're black it's fine um, <laughs> but uh i and uh Bayana davis she's uh one of the co-creators of black girls create uh i was like hey what if we actually made them create a bsu at school um and so blaze zabini and Z dean thomas uh unlikely friends uh, but they're both black so they <laughs> create the hogwarts black student union uh at hogwarts and yeah that is a thing that i uh work on and i've like created an original character and people seem to like her she's called desway warbeck she's uh Celestina Warbeck's granddaughter, which is really fun. Um, and that's something I'm actually trying to work on is like a, a Blaze uh, Desiree fanfic that's like longer than some of my other ones. Um, so I write fan fiction also. <laughs> it's another thing that I do uh, that I didn't do a few years ago. Um, and yeah, so sometimes, you know, people, people seem to dig uh, our Black Wizard history stuff. Yeah, they really do. Like it's I find it everywhere. Like people that like are not even like Twitter people, like I'll see it on like Facebook and stuff like being wow. reposted. Oh yeah, like to us cuz we don't that, see them. <laughs> that's oh yeah, I, I should then cuz I didn't I don't know if you guys realize like just how massive it is, but it's like definitely people that I'm like these are people that aren't like hardcore nerds, they're not on Twitter, like that sort of thing, but like people will be posting it on like Facebook and just like different places all over the place cuz it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, really I love us. it. Awesome. Well, you are a writer for like your real job, which is very difficult. I have friends who've been trying for decades to get a job as a writer. So what mm -hmm. steps did you take to land your current job? And then what advice do you have for the rest of us, <laughs> basically? <laughs> um, I It's hard for me to be like, this is the, the, the pathway you should go, because I think there are many different ways to do it. And I don't know that I like did anything special, but, uh, so I graduated college in 2011 and didn't get a job in my field for five whole years. Um, so I definitely understand the struggle of like trying to like get in. And I went to, I went to NYU and it was, it's just a lot of debt. Like I didn't, I feel like I didn't get the return on investment that was promised to me. Um, mm. and I feel like a lot of the stuff that I ended up doing after school is what helped me get here as opposed to like having gone to this like supposedly prestigious school. Um, and so that I guess that's the first thing is that like it doesn't matter where you went like it really doesn't because I think there are certain people who go to certain schools or and they do get you know opportunities or whatever but you don't have to have gone to school you don't have to have gone to the best school for whatever you're trying to do because especially with writing because there's so much you can learn um, on your own and like the internet which is basically what I did I like just 
lots of Googling and <laughs> um, writing for free, which I don't, you know, it's a complicated uh, conversation, like don't, but in my, in, in my case, um, it helped because it was, I wasn't, um, I guess, confident in uh, writing and like writing articles about pop culture and stuff. So I started with my own blog and sort of expanded out to other people's blogs or websites, um, especially in the like black nerd sphere. Um, and, and slowly that's helped me get into places like io9 and Buzzfeed and, and Polygon and stuff like that. Um, so it's, I don't know, it was just like, for me, I had to practice writing uh, for myself, I think. And then the, you know, putting your words out there is kind of scary and stuff. So practice doing that and being less afraid of that and being less afraid of being edited and understanding the editing process, I think is also really important. Um, and something that I don't hear talked about a lot because, um, you know, being edited is a big part of being of writing. And, you know, when you're writing for yourself, you're the only person editing it. But nearly every other writer gets someone else to edit their work. And sometimes that's a simple process. It's like, oh, look, you did that. And then sometimes it's like, oh, none of those are still my words. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I think those are some things that like, I think are important to, to remember. And uh, I don't, yeah. And get me, got me where I was, I am now. Um, Cause I know that like I was writing on the internet for myself or like for other blogs where it wasn't like a formal editing process. And then I, my first job was at the New York daily news and my first story, I wrote it and I was just like, okay, cool. And then they gave it back to me and I was like, I didn't write any of that. I think the word <laughs> that was the only words that were mine were bee. Like the topic was like bees or something. Um, and it was just like, well, I wrote bees. <laughs> but that sentence and the way it was formatted and structured was not <laughs> what I submitted. Um, and so understanding how to adjust your writing, um, especially when you're a freelance writer or trying to write for different kinds of people. Um, yeah, different just like, places. Yeah, yeah, just like understanding that like, that it doesn't mean you suck. It just means you need to adapt your writing to wherever you're trying to write for. Um, and that's something that I had to, to learn as well um, in, in the process. And I think that's when you're looking to write for different places, like I recently got rejected from a thing and I was just like, oh, I guess I just didn't match their style the way that they wanted me to. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it didn't mean that like I was bad or I mean, maybe it means I'm bad for the, for the, for the position, but um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like something to remember that like you just have to, it's about being adaptable and um, trying to match your voice with other people's voices a lot of the time, unless you're like writing fiction, I guess. Yeah, I am. Um, this is such a struggle for me with being a designer, being in the visual space is because the advice is so nuanced about being adaptable is like, you have your style and you stick to it. And if they don't like it, then they don't like you. And just like, you yeah, know, it is very know. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think really it's more of like, it's like acting to me. Like you come into a part and like, sometimes you're just not the right fit. And it's kind of the same way as a writer. Like every writer certainly isn't like meant for every piece. Yeah. So like you can, yes, be adaptable to like, try to get certain things just like uh, actors can have the range right mm -hmm. so it's like somebody can have the range and they can do a multiple like, you know certain parts but they're still gonna have like those occasional things so it's like 
you know, you're able to do so many different things, but like that one thing that you just didn't get, you're like, well, that's the one thing that's not for me. Like, I'm still very like adaptable. I have the range for all these other pieces, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need Meryl Streep to be Harriet Tubman. We don't need her. We love her, Meryl. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Meryl Streep is amazing. There's so little she can't do, but that is something she can't do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I hadn't put it in the acting sense. So that's a really great way to think about it. I might steal that. Yeah, steal it away, steal it away. I, I'm here for that. I have gotten uh, plenty of stuff from you, so <laughs> all all Harry Potter related. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, like, this amazing full-time job. Like, you're an editor at Black Girls Create. Like, you host a podcast. You write pieces for a lot of different publications. And like you said, like, kind of jumping into different voices and stuff sometimes. Um, and then you even still, like, find time to be creative outside of all of those, like, very creative things for work. Like, you're very into photography and things like that. Um, so how do you kind of stay balanced while having so much on your plate and still, because I find that a lot of creatives, it's like, when we have so much creative stuff at our job, like, we end up, like, not wanting to pick up anything else when we get home that's creative you know so how do you like still find the time for that and still find like balance in your life oh it's hard it's real hard (laughs) especially like right now I'm going through a like I can barely do anything outside of work that's like uh in the uh I guess part-time creation which I mean that in like the work aspect like the freelance aspect I guess Mm -hmm. as opposed to like creating for fun, which I also haven't done in a while. Um, so it's it's really difficult. And I think it depends on, you know, what, uh, what you're going through and what games are out. Because right now I'm just playing Animal Crossing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and reading fan fiction. <laughs> so uh, I think it, it depends on what mood you're in. And I feel that because I have a full-time job, um, I'm blessed to be able to, you know, work semi-creatively because, you know, there's there are puzzle pieces uh, to, like, the kind of work that I do that makes it, like, kind of less creative than you would like. But, um, yeah, I think it's just... I don't know that I have an answer, actually, because it's whenever the mood strikes. No, um, but that's okay. I mean, I think that that's kind of good to know when somebody sees someone yeah. who's doing all the things you do that, like, yeah, balance is still hard. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, that is the 100% valid answer. Yeah, I think it depends on, for me, at least, my mood. Um, like I was mentioning earlier, I have this uh, Hogwarts BSU story that I'm working on, and I, like, I don't know how long it's taken me to, like – finish it like just get you know it's the longest thing I think I've ever written that's been like fiction um and especially fan fiction and I got to an end point and I still have to go back and edit it and then because it's just like a lot of like open spaces and holes and and places where I'm like I don't know what goes here I'll figure it out later I just wanted to get to the end because I know that for me finishing things especially longer things is difficult for me um and so I was like okay I'm just gonna get to the end just get to the end just get to the end and then I did that but it still needs to like be looked over at least twice (laughs) and I've had some friends uh from Black Girls Create look at it and so they have their their notes in there that I could go into and I just haven't been in the mood for it recently um and there's no real deadline for it so that also helps and hurts (laughs) the process but um I, I it's 
it's on my mind and it's something that I want to get to. Um, but I, it's just like not the season for it, I guess. Like it's just yeah. not the season in my life for it right this second. Um, especially after it took me so long to just get to the end. And now I have to like go back into it, which I think will be fine once I do it. But I have to like be in the mindset and the mood to do it, which I think there are people who are different than me. Um, like I am definitely like mood based in how I like do that kind of stuff. Um and I think other people are more strict and regimented than I am. Uh, so sometimes I look at them like, wow, I wish I could do that. But I just literally don't have, if I'm not in the mood for it, I'm really, it's really going to take me more, more effort to, to get into it. Yeah, I'm um, the same. I just looked at your Instagram and I was like, she's an INFJ and everything you said yep. definitely <laughs> resonated with me. Yep. Angelica, you know I'm basically only friends with INFJs at this point. <laughs> And it's yeah. funny because like we're supposed to be like the the most rare like type, and I'm like literally everyone I know is an INFJ. I know, I know. Quite I think we just yeah. find each other. Yeah, I think it's because um, I've read a lot. Like it's you're a very social introvert type, but because of we're like internet social, we're like digitally social. I think, mm-hmm. and so I think yeah. it's where those kind of people like that's where we find each other because that's yep, how we so express our social. <laughs> our sociality, I guess you could say, because I know that there are lots of extroverts that I know who are not really on social media like that. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, the ENFJs and the ENF whatever is EST, whatever's they're going to, you'll see them in real life and they'll be active and bubbly and all this stuff, but like, you won't see them at like to the depths that we INFJs are on social media, because that's where we're most social and most able to like express ourselves uh, in a way that uh, doesn't like drain our energy completely. That's so true. And I met Angelica online as well. And like, <laughs> I've met like, I've met like everyone online. And then like, even if I meet somebody in person, somehow, normally, like, like a working thing, like I've met people like at photo shoots and things like that for like brands and stuff. And then like, I still won't really get to know them until like, we're online. And yep. then I'll find out they're an INFJ. So yep. mm-hmm. it is really interesting. Like, honestly like so many of the people that I know are um but people always ask me because I do I do have a lot of great friends and stuff and people are always like where do you meet people and I'm like I don't know like online like if it's not online I I truly don't know (laughs) but also that what you just said is so true about like meeting people in real life and then only really getting to know online (laughs) I met a girl one of my best friends Morgan I met her like when she lived in Orlando and we met at a photo shoot for a brand I was the photographer and she was one of the models and like, you know, I briefly met her. She was still lived here for like an extra year or two, did not talk to her <laughs> at all. And then she moved to Nashville and then we got really close online. Now she's one of my best friends. That's really But I was like, why didn't we become well. friends like when we met? Right, yeah. But even my like college friends or my high school friends, I mostly talk to them online or via text message. Like I don't see them very often like I met you in real life but I still maintain this relationship with you primarily digitally yeah Mm -hmm. very true so do you have a favorite piece of writing that you've published thus far in your career because I mean there's going to be so many in the future but I guess we're talking about (laughs) right now mine Um, mine really quick before you say anything I don't know if yours is going to be the same but mine is the answer yet (laughs) okay mine is the piece that you just recently wrote um when like about the good place Oh, yeah. With William Jackson Harper. Yeah, that interview is really great. Thank you. Um, That was a really great opportunity um, because I love The Good Place. And I was 
an early adopter and and by early i mean like after season one but i think there are so few people watching it at that point um and then i started watching after season one happened and has have been like proselytizing to people about the show and so there are a lot of people in my life who are like oh i watched the show because connie kept saying like watch everyone watch the good place and so the nerds of color which is a website that i write for a lot um the creator keith he knows that I like The Good Place and might have watched it because of me. I don't remember. Um, but he got an opportunity from NBC to inter- interview him. And he was just like, I obviously have to send this to Connie. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, obviously, this is a yes. Like, don't ask any more questions. Like, you should have just been like, this is the time and the date that you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, that show, like, resonates a lot. And uh, William Jackson Harper's character resonates a lot because he's like this anxious uh, black person. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, that is me. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was something really great I got to do. I'm just like, do I need to like look up literally my um, <laughs> portfolio to remember <laughs> some of the things that I've written? Because like you said, it's been a lot of different kinds of things. Um, and so I feel like uh, I actually really like my Knives Out review that I wrote at uh, the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, I really love that movie. I've seen it like three times now. And I don't know. I just really I've never written a proper like movie review before. Um, and so it was my well, I had like the year before. Never mind. But it was probably my favorite. Like it was like the easiest thing it just like came out of me. It was just like, do, 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 do. And so sometimes that happens. I like get into a, a, a mindset or a mood about something. And then it just like finally comes, it comes out, but it's, it's actually a rare process. Like I'm just like looking at literally a list of like my highlights of things that I've written on my website. And I'm like, Oh, this one, two, three of those were like easy. And by easy, I mean, just like, I sat down and had a very strong idea and was able to like type it out really uh, effectively and efficiently. Um, And then recently I wrote about uh, the, uh, they cast the black woman as the doctor. I put that in quotes because we're not sure what that means yet um, on Doctor Who. And that was Mm -hmm. another thing where I was like, I spent all of February, like not in the mood um, to do anything. Uh, I was really just like, anxious and and tired all the time and was trying to figure out why but this episode of television happened and I just like immediately like after the episode was over just like blasted out this like 800 word essay (laughs) about it and then someone um I like had thoughts and then someone was like do you want to do you want it for io9 and I was just like yeah okay and it just like came out of me and um so I really like that as well and like how it how that turned out so those are probably a few yeah so would you say you do like your best work when you're just like really inspired in the moment and it just pours out of you like those are your favorite types of pieces yeah yeah I hadn't put it in the so many words but that tracks <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mostly what I do for a living is tell people what they do so yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> we need it sometimes we need it sometimes <laughs> So yeah, so everything is on fire right now and everything is crazy. So it's kind of like the last we recorded about two weeks ago and I was supposed to go on a vacation that I obviously ended up not going on. 
Um, and like we had kind of talked about COVID-19, like in the last episode, things were getting like serious, but they weren't like quite as serious as they are now. So you're like kind of in the middle of everything. I know you've been like self-isolating for a while. Um, so how are you managing life like in New York right now? And like keeping, cause you're like, you know, right. Like you're in New York city. Um, so how are you like keeping your mental health in check, like through all of this and like, just like managing? Yeah. It's very strange. I keep thinking about the fact that like in the last, especially like since I've been alive, like 30 years or whatever, but as far as I know, like since maybe the last world war, (laughs) um, we haven't like had something like this, which is pretty expansive and crazy to think about, like entire countries on lockdown and, and people trying to convince other people to like, help everyone and when you went Um, to your office and your office was like empty that was crazy yeah so uh i want to say it's been two weeks that we've been working from home and i because i work at bryant park uh so basically Times square uh (laughs) you know tourist central and uh where everyone comes in and all the train lines basically meet there and so it's like a hub for germs and disease i know i immediately started thinking about germs when you said it and i was like oh no oh yeah um i'm actually kind of upset that the mta won't give me my money back for my unlimited metro card because i haven't used it in two weeks right (laughs) but um it's just like small details like that that i'm just like oh and it's such a first world problem and i'm blessed enough where it's like it's not I, I I need my money back but also it's like if I, I'm not going to get it back so it's it's not putting me in like danger or anything but I'm just like oh give me my two weeks back because yeah. I'm trying to help other people I'm trying to save society okay by staying at home um but yeah uh working I don't have a proper work from home setup I live in a an apartment in New York and you know people have offices and they have you know other rooms they have kitchen tables I don't have a kitchen table even um I have like a desk in my bedroom that I use when I'm like usually podcasting and then right now you're like, still like in, in Manhattan correct yeah I live in Manhattan yeah. so yeah um, it's like you're not in Brooklyn where like people have a teeny bit more space but still not a lot but still <laughs> right yeah I mean my yeah. apartment's I would say average size for a one bedroom like it's not huge but it's also not like a box yeah um, thankfully so I've been working in my living room to like sort of have the divide between being in your house like it's like you know, oh you got a living room hey that's something in Manhattan <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly um and so I've been trying to work in my living room where my desk is not and I don't know if I want to move it like that just seems like a lot of work especially but now that it's sort of unknown how long this process is going to take um I have to just like think about like what things can I like can I order something that will help this process be much more longer lasting because yeah um it's definitely hard to uh divide my brain and and not like want to take a nap at lunch which I've done a couple times uh (laughs) and so yeah it's it's really weird and interesting like like I said earlier like thinking about like we've never gone through anything like this. And like as many things as like millennials, there's, you know, those, those posts going around of like all the things that we've had to endure and been and had to deal with since, you know, basically 9-11, which was like the biggest, I think, equivalent to this. Um, but like we've never had to do anything like this on American soil or whatever which sounds really dumb to say but you know like all the wars that we've been in which have like affected our lives and our country and stuff like that it's been other places um and so for everyone to be both 
trying to uh, unify together, but also the people who are being really dumb and, you know, not listening and not trying to do that. Um, It's just like really visceral because we're all surrounded by it in a way that we haven't been by anything before, especially with like this, a virus is kind of like an invisible, you know, enemy that people are, don't know how to, uh, uh, tangible. I don't know what word I want, but (laughs) how to make, how to make more real, for themselves in order to like, hopefully end this soon. I don't know. It's just like how I think I was talking to my site, my therapist earlier today, uh, which is one way I'm coping. Um, And she was saying that, you know, because especially for me, I have anxiety and stuff. um, It's the idea that we don't know how long this is going to take. And that's really the, the, the struggle of like, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know who it's going to hit next. I don't know when or how or where, you know, I went for a a walk yesterday because I barely leave my house and I haven't like seen anyone that I know in over two weeks. And, you know, I just went to get bubble tea. I went walked for a long walk because I haven't like exercised at all. And I was just like, if I ended up getting it, it would just be like be from one of these strangers who like kind of breathed near me on the street, you know, like, um, you just literally don't know, like if you could catch it, like even with like people taking appropriate precautions, like you still need to go outside. You should, you know, if you can, you can go to the store, like you need food and stuff in your house, but any one of those things could get you to get it. And then I don't know. Yeah. It's just like that scary, like unknown. And then I live by myself. So I'm, I used to live with my grandmother uh, and she moved uh, to Florida a few years ago. And I'm just like, one thankful that I don't have to worry about like going outside and bringing it home to her but also like she lives in a house with way more people now who kind of go outside and have to like go to work or like do things and um she you know I mean she stays in her room she's fine but (laughs) like she's always done this like this is not different for her Yeah, yeah but it's still like you know that concern of like you know something happening with family that's lives far away or even my dad like having to go to the VA or whatever like he sometimes leaves the house and me and my brother like please stay home and he's he's he does he's I don't know he sometimes listens um and it's just you just never know where it's gonna come from and so I think that's where most of the like anxiety comes from but yeah you know currently fine and everyone I know is fine which is really good and I am in my house by myself and doing lots of video chatting with friends because (laughs) I don't see anyone like I like we said earlier like INFJs are social are still social people we just are introverted and it drains our energy but I've realized that like while I love being alone and like being in my house alone um I still use it as a coping mechanism for having gone outside and like talking to other people and so now that I'm not talking to any people in real life because like digital helps but it's still not the same as like being around someone else and also like I was also thinking about this like my love language is quality time and it's just like hard to you can't spend any quality time with anyone right now Yeah, like I'm super introverted, but I'm a hugger. So this is like really, yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, like I haven't seen anyone like in the last like two weeks or so. The only person I've seen is John and my mom. (laughs) And we're not like, we're still kind of doing six feet with my mom, even though like, yeah, because she technically, like she doesn't live with us. So Mm. we just want to be safe. I've gone to the grocery store once. Like we have a date that we're like on this date, we can hug. But, like, she's not going anywhere else, and we're not going anywhere else. And then I'm also just, like, I'm used to just, like, Angelica will tell you, like, I'm such a hugger. Like, I have to hug everybody all the time. And now I can't hug anybody, so it's, like, super weird. And I don't know. It's I'm not – 
you know, I'm, I'm, I like to be alone, but I think I like that choice. Right. It's <laughs> like, about the choice as well. Yeah. 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 I was surprised actually. I thought you might come here because I know you have family here. So I was like, oh, is she going to end up oh, coming they've down? Tried. They've tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I it was still like, le- like late enough in the, in the like initial, like, please isolate that. I was just like, it's, it's not really worth it. Um, especially yeah. when I just like be in a house with like other people who are right. Like, exactly. It's already a small enough apartment. Like stuff. they live in a house. Yeah. Like I have to get work done and it's a house and like, I don't have a room there or anything. Like it would just be yeah. harder for me to be comfortable. Um, and then also it's just like, there's only so much room when it's like fi- already five people in the house, like trying to deal with each other and not go anywhere. <laughs> like, why, why would you yeah. add more onto that? <laughs> but yeah. you know, they, they loved me very much. And so it was nice that they were like, you should come down and work from here. And I was just like, I'll think about it, but <laughs> I think it's for the best that I don't. <laughs> yeah, I get that. You still have to, like, like you said, like you're still trying to just even figure out your work from home situation in your yeah. own space. So right. mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's it's gone well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so twenty twenty. Uh, do you have goals? I will be honest. I don't have any anymore. So, I don't think so either. <laughs> I no. <laughs> I think I like hadn't solidified anything because like I owe a lot of money to my dentist uh, for dental work, <laughs> and so like I would love to like go somewhere, but like traveling's kind of hard like before all of this happened and so I was just like I'd like to go somewhere at some point this year and I hadn't figured out where and my birthday's in a month and I was like maybe for my birthday and now I'm like okay so who am I gonna video chat on my birthday (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I haven't yeah and then I don't think I have any like I'm weird in that I'm an INFJ but like my planning um it's less about like me planning and just like needing to know other people's plans for me, um, which I just verbalized just now. Um, (laughs) But I've been thinking about a lot and trying to like conceptualize because I'm like, I'm not one of those people who has like a five-year plan or like needs to know everything that's happening day by day. And like, I bought a planner and I haven't opened it in like two weeks. (laughs) And I like look at it once a week and I'm like, Oh, this is the things that I need to do. And then I look at it the next Monday, like, Oh, I did all those things. And I haven't even done that in the last couple of weeks. So I think um, me, I, I, I'm less of a planner in that way, but I do like to like think about the future and know what's going to happen. But I think when other people are trying, like want to do things. So I don't know that I ha- like, I try not to have too many goals because I recognize that for me having a goal and then having it not come true is like really crushing or like, upsetting and so and then I also don't want to limit myself because I would have never thought that I'd be a writer at a children's magazine like that wasn't a goal that I could ever have had because it wasn't something I was ever thinking about um and so I like to kind of keep things open in that way because you know I just like uh when opportunities come my way that I wouldn't have expected I like that I feel like my goal is just survival (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. That's really what it is. I want to play Animal Crossing and read. Yeah, I was going to try to do a whole bunch of right now. <laughs> yeah, I like I wanted to do all the things and go all the places. But I'm like, you know what, like surviving would be good. 
Um, like one of my goals is like go to the grocery store the least amount of times as possible. That's <laughs> my goal. Oh, yeah, that my I goal have. yesterday was to go outside and not buy anything, and I only got bubble tea, which was kind of the, the purpose of going outside. So, um, yeah, that was successful. I didn't go to the store and like buy more things, like more snacks that I didn't need or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and you know, I always have this goal of reading eighty books every year. And this year I actually dropped it to 60 because I never, like, I never make it. I always get that's, like somewhere. Uh, 59 yeah. more than I've, that's 59 <laughs> and a half more than I've made it this year. I've read so, lots of fan fiction. And so I've been counting that, you know, like that's reading. Yeah, yeah. As that's long still as I'm reading, reading something, but any yeah, actual exactly. books, that's hilarious. You yeah, read? I always say I'm going to read 80 and I always read like somewhere between like, let's say like 55 and like 67, like somewhere in that range. Wow. I'm um, lucky if I make so, it to five. But I think that this year, like, I could technically read 80 because we're going to be home a lot. But I'm also, like, I could also just write the novel that I've been, like, wanting to write for years and that yeah. I've, like, stopped. So I'm, like, I'm yeah. trying – right now I'm deciding between – I'm not going to do them both, right? These right. are, like, both, like, goals that have a lot of words involved. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to pick one goal or the other and I'm giving myself, like, till the end of the week to decide, like, are you going to write this novel or are you going to read 80 books? But I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, you can't it's a lot. Unless we're stuck inside, like, you know, for six months, and then maybe I'll do both. So one day at a time, right? <laughs> exactly. That's all we can uh, all we can hope for right now. <laughs> so we love your brown kids on the cover project, the Instagram that you have where you like feature brown kids on the cover. So I know like like you normally do it at, at work, so it's yeah. gonna kind of be slowed down, but yeah. tell us a little bit more about it and what inspired it and what are some of your favorite books with brown kids on the cover? Um, let's see. I started it because I work at a place where we get lots of children's books and we don't get to feature them all and I was just like oh, hey, these are books with, you know, literal brown kids on the cover. It's all, it's what it says on the tin. Um, but uh, I've been really lazy about it recently. So I, you know, I should use this hiatus of like life to catch up on my backlog at least because I, you know, well, a book will come in and, you know, I, again, reading it I don't know why I can't do it these days but so like some I'll take home and then some and then I'm like I'm not actually going to read this like I have to be realistic about how much like stuff that I just like take into my house <laughs> and like put on my desk and so um but it's yeah it was just like wanting to do something with some of the books that we couldn't feature work-wise or that I thought just like looked cute or thought people should know about and so I was like oh people do bookstagrams cool um and yeah it's gotten harder because we've gotten we're in a new workspace since when I started it and so um I you know I'm not trying to like do bookstagram things too much where people are watching me <laughs> it just like feels really weird um so I've like slowed down on that and then some of the books I, they don't come directly to me they just come into the office so it just depends on like me just like noticing them um but yeah I just wanted to like wanted somewhere to like show these different covers and how cool that was um especially because I know that it's not it wasn't an idea that I'd seen and I like Googled after I thought of it. I was just like, is anyone else doing this? And not really like they'll share diverse books, but that doesn't always mean that like a Brown person is on the cover of the book. Um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, I, uh, just, you know, started doing it just like something to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm behind. But I would say that my favorite one, and I actually read it and like nearly cried, was Solway by uh, Lupita Nyong'o. 
Uh, it was like really beautiful and like just like literally beautifully drawn. Vashti Harrison is she's unfair. It's I love really her rude. so much. It's really rude how talented she is and how like right. how she makes things so pretty. Um, and like yeah, it was just like a really lovely like story and it's like a big book and I like took it home and it's like on my bookshelf and I'm trying to I can't display it like I want to but I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I saw that one for my littles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm about to read Tristan Hall um, punches a hole in the sky. John just he's actually reading it right now. He's like about uh, probably like three fourths like of the way done, and he was like, "As soon as I finish this, you have to read it." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, relax." Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll read it, and then we'll probably pass it along to my oldest godchild because she's probably in that age where she can read it. It looks really good though. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it a lot. Um, and I thought it was so like, I thought it was like, cause I know it's all like twist on uh, mythology and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was about Thor, but it's about John Henry. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's what? like under, um, what's his name? Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Gordon. Yeah. yeah. And under his like, under his uh, yeah exactly oh, yeah. he did percy jackson so it's mm -hmm. all kind of like um you know different takes on mythology but from different areas so yeah. we have like obviously like the percy jackson one is the one he did but then somebody else wrote um the nordic ones which is what john started reading them because ah. he's like basically a viking so he's like <laughs> i must read these and he's a teacher so it's like you know got to do that and then they have um the tristan strong series which I guess focuses on both African and African American mythology. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like another one that John picked up that's like Hindu mythology. So I basically have to read them all and I'm very excited. Yeah, it's a like, really cool series. And just, I love this Instagram though so much. Like I, I share it with parents all the time because okay. I'm just like, hey, put some of this on your shelves, please. Thank right. you. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah. just funny talking about Rick Riordan and like the way that you can like, sorry, New York City is like sourning in the background. Um, very authentic. Very yeah, authentic. You know, it's real life here. Um, but the way in which you can like support diversity is just like a really great, just like as a side note, just Rick Riordan like, giving authors of color and like people of diverse backgrounds like space to yes. like, tell their yeah. story without like trying to hijack it or like like and he still gets money from it like he doesn't have to do any work he just puts his name on it he's just like yeah sure like you still get to like make a anyway this is me like yelling at jk rowling secretly <laughs> yeah no absolutely like it is such a great platform because like John was like, and the funny thing is, is like, he didn't actually really like the Percy Jackson books that much. He yeah. read like half of the first one and he was like, yeah, I'm not really into it. Okay. Um, but he had picked up the other ones because again, anything involving like Thor or Vikings or anything, he's like on top of it. And so once he read, read those, it opened him up to like all the other ones. And he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So he's been like devouring them and sharing them with his students as well. And like, all like Rick Rudin has to do is put his name on it. And he has this whole entire series of like Rick Rudin presents. And it's like, why not? It's so yeah. easy really. And it benefits you as well. And it's like, and you help others. I, mm -hmm. It's you, like you said, yelling at JK Rowling. Cause it is really just so easy to do. <laughs> it's so easy to do. Yeah. Man. I'm like, it's a, I'm like still looking at your Instagram. Sorry. Nope. Because as having a reading child and I, when I go to the store, I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't have a brown person on it. So not buying this book. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to have like a variety just because it, it was important to me as a child to have people who look like me on the covers of the books that I went to. And 
I was lucky in my formative years to go to a black private school for kindergarten at least and the library was black it was just black me black black so I'm like <laughs> trying to recreate this experience for right. my five-year-old in the whitest town in America USA <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely is, though, Angelica, you're honestly killing it, though. Like, it, she's not kidding. Like, this is the whitest town ever. But literally, like, her home is filled with, like, books with black kids on the cover, for real. Yeah, I think it's, Going out of my way. it's kind of... Because I... At, living in New York, I lived in Washington Heights when I was, like, really little. And just, like, living in Harlem and the Bronx and stuff like that. So, like, I'm an uptown girl going to schools that were like, you know, kind of diverse until high school, but I still feel, feel like, you know, all the things that they push at you are, end up being like these white led things and like the things mm-hmm. that they gravitate towards fantasy and mysteries and all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they were books that had a lot of white people in them. And so I think it affected how I like my writing. So like, obviously I've been interested in writing since I was a kid, but I would notice that like, you know, you'd have to like create a character in creative writing class and it would be like, she has brown hair and green eyes. And it's just like, why why did I do that to myself like it wasn't working this is why like me writing fiction I probably could have like been writing it better and earlier if I'd like internalized this problem or if I hadn't had to deal with this problem of like not having characters that look like me and so it's just like I'm trying to write what I think other like what I'm reading and what I think other people want and it wasn't who I was at all and so that's why it's like oh I, that's why I've never finished writing anything because so many of the characters weren't at, at, at any point like me or anyone that I knew because I was just like trying to write so like I was trying to recreate Sammy Key's the yeah. series and I, I wanted to recreate that but I would just like create the same character as opposed to like making her anyway like me you know yeah i same i think that's like black nerd problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we 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 struggle so now that you're indoors as we all are (laughs) as we probably will be for a very long time yeah where are you finding inspiration these days um great question uh, I, like I said earlier, I've mostly been playing Animal Crossing <laughs> since Friday. Um, and before that, my so two of my friends, uh, Bayana and Delia, they were uh, I'd never watched. I had never watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, so I'd watched. I finally watched that, you know, as a grown person. And you know, one of the the ships on that show that doesn't. It's not like on the show. It's just like two of the characters who should have been together and then they weren't. Um, they were mm-hmm. like, they have gone into like deep dives of fan fiction and like reading that. And so I've just been like reading fan fiction. And I think that it's interesting to me because, like I said, I'm working on a story that's fan fiction. And so like reading fan fiction, I'm just like subconsciously, but semi consciously like picking up ideas like oh maybe when I go back into it I'll do something like this or maybe I should change this or whatever and just like I don't know trying to you know absorb things yeah I think I'm in a in a in a absorption phase (laughs) which is my way of saying like you know there are years that ask and years that answer you know (laughs) yeah yeah my own like twist on Zora I feel like I want to trade lives with you, but I feel like I can't convince you, you since I live in Florida. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you really-
really don't. I owe so much money to NYU and the dentist. So you don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel that like NYU is pricey, but still like, I mean, outside of like right now, I would definitely love to be in New York, but not at the moment, but like in Fair. general, Fair. you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Listen, if I could be a photographer in Orlando, I would do that. It's really hot. <laughs> it's really hot. It's not worth it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But yeah, you definitely need to come down and like the three of us will kiki and and get like, <laughs> in person. Hey, we won't pass in the sky. Like literally every time I'm like, I'm yeah. in Florida, you're in New York or vice versa. Or we just don't make it. And it's just like, we'll try again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because my brothers live like deep in Brooklyn. So like even if, if I stay with them, I don't see anyone. It's actually really terrible. Right, like next yeah. time I come and stay in Manhattan because it's like they just live so far that it's just like it takes me two hours to get to like lower Manhattan. <laughs> wow. so it's like, what, what, like why try? Honestly, yeah. I was going to yeah. say I don't mind going to Brooklyn, but if it takes you two hours to get to lower Manhattan, that's yeah, that's out of my uh... <laughs> it's, it's just it's really far. They live like past Prospect Park. I mean, wow. it's probably like not that bad to people who live in New York, but to me who can like drive like five <laughs> minutes, minutes and somewhere, area. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. New York yeah. is very like it, it, it's both really fast to get anywhere and also takes forever. So it depends because sometimes you would be like, oh, you would think that getting in a car would be faster to go somewhere. No, sometimes no nope. way and it's 45 minute train ride is faster than getting in a car and like being stuck on a highway somewhere trying to get up. To yep. It. And you just have to guess which one's going to be better. And <laughs> totally. a lot of times you guess wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us today. This is amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This is great. I feel like I learned so much and now I can single white female you and still your <laughs> life as a writer in New York. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> just might have to trade lives just for a day and then we'll get it out yeah. of our systems. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get a free husband. So. <laughs> <laughs> great. Love it. Awesome. So where can we find you all over the internet? Share with our listeners. Yeah, most places you can find me at Constar24 and then kind of spiral from there uh, <laughs> on like my <laughs> portfolio website, ConstarWrites.com. I have not done photography in a very long time, but ConstarPhotography.com, uh, BlackRoseCreate.org uh, to see things that I help edit and work on there. Uh, yeah, but most things you can... I'm. Constar 24 nearly everywhere so that's probably the easiest way that's awesome well this will be out tomorrow so we're excited for everybody to listen 